أعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين والصلاة والسلام على سيدنا محمد وعلى آله وصحبه أجمعين اللهم علمنا ما ينفعنا وانفعنا بما علمتنا وأزدنا علما نافعا اللهم أرنا الحق حقا وارزقنا اتباعه وأرنا الباطل باطلا وارزقنا اجتنابه Rabbi şrahli sadri ve yassirli emri ve hlul uqdatan min lisani yafqahu qawli. Assalamu alaykum ve rahmetullahi ve barakatuh. Welcome to the Reflections on the Risale-i Nur by Bediüzzaman Said Nursi podcast series. This is Mustafa Tuna. You can listen to the episodes of this series wherever you get your podcasts and please subscribe or on the YouTube channel Reflections RN and again Please subscribe. Um, alternatively, you can access both the audio and video versions of this uh, these recordings at the website www.reflections-rn.org. Um, all of the episodes of this podcast are organized on this website. And to access today's session, inshallah, you can go to podcasts, then um, words, then the 21st word. So as it also indicates, inshallah, we will continue reading the 21st word. Uh, this treatise has two stations. We already covered the first one. And the second one is about obsessive thoughts or satanic whisperings. Vesvesa. Um, these are thoughts that come to us with, without our volition and usually cast doubt in our hearts. Um, it can be in other ways too, but usually cast doubt in our in our hearts about something, and an especially important and uh, dangerous version of these doubts or these whisperings is when Satan casts doubt in our hearts about uh, the validity or acceptability of our worship. It happens a lot in prayer. Um, Sometimes you know, we genuinely, you know, forget what we, have, we were doing in prayer. Say we forget whether we were in the first rakah or the second rakah or the third rakah or the fourth rakah, whether we recited a certain verse that we should be reciting or not. Sometimes this is genuine, and you know we need to take care of it. Uh, if we really cannot remember, we uh, we might even have to redo our prayer. But oftentimes. There, there are ways to resolve the problems that arise from this in the prayer. So there is a genuine, genuine uh, version of these issues that come up in prayer. But then there are these whisperings that come from Satan and that really put unnecessary doubt in our hearts. And if we pay attention to them, they may turn our prayer or other forms of worship or other forms of good that we do into a tremendous burden, a burden that we cannot bear. And at the point where we cannot bear it, we may start to move away uh, from that form of worship. Now, the worship that is obligated, the good that is obligated and recommended and praised by God and by the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam and so on and so forth. These are not heavy. The burden that they put on us is not something that we may not, we cannot uh, carry. But obsessive thoughts, these satanic whisperings, make it heavy. So it is not the worship that's heavy. It is the whispering, it is the obsessive thought that makes it heavy for us. <clears throat> so it's a dangerous thing. We may end up um, decreasing our worship. And the solution to this is to know how this whole thing works. What are these obsessive thoughts? To learn to recognize them when they come. To learn to differentiate between different thoughts that come to our heart and mind and what is from this from Satan to say I know you you are the accursed Satan just I'm not talking to you just go away 
right if it is from the lower soul which is usually insistent it doesn't just go away it keeps insisting and insisting right it's like it keeps bugging you then we learn to say i know you 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 are my lower soul and i know what you deserve right um <clears throat> so this treatise gives us a lot of clues about understanding what obsessive thoughts satanic whisperings are and recognizing them when they come and also dealing with them when they come the overall takeaway from this whole treatise is that when obsessive thoughts come don't pay attention to them if you pay attention to them they will get you it's like, as we uh, mentioned in the last episode, it's like receiving those spam calls. They call you, if you pick up the phone and start talking to this person on the other end of the line, you know, they'll get you at some point. If not the first spam call, the second one, if not the second one, the third one, if not the third one, the fourth one, at some point they'll get you. So the best thing is do not pick up the phone, the phone right? Do not pay attention to these obsessive thoughts so that said let's continue uh, reading the uh, treaties Ustad Nursi uh, explains uh, this matter in several aspects we covered the first one in the previous episode and in, inshallah in this one we will read reflect upon the second one and hopefully the third one uh, third one too so bismillah 21st word second station second aspect budurki Manalar kalpten çıktıkları vakit suretlerden çıplak olarak hayale girerler. Oradan suretleri giyerler. Hayal ise her vakit bir sebep tahtında bir nevi suretleri nesçeder. Ehemmiyet verdiği şeyin suretlerini yol üstünde bırakır. Hangi mana geçse ya ona giydirir, ya takar, ya bulaştırır, ya perde eder. Eğer manalar münezzeh ve temiz iseler, suretler mülevves ve rezil ise giymek yoktur. Fakat temas var. Vesveseli adam teması telebüsle iltibas eder. Eyvah der. Kalbim ne kadar bozulmuş. Bu sefillik, bu hisseti nefs beni matrud eder. Şeytan onun şu damarından çok istifade eder. It is this that when meanings leave the heart, they enter imagination naked without imagery and there they clothe in images so meanings come to the heart first the heart has these connection points as we mentioned before or these um, companions uh, fellow travelers that move with it that serve as connection points or receivers to uh, for, for various kinds of thoughts coming to the heart and those thoughts can be satanic uh, from Satan or its accomplices or angelic or divine, right? So they come to the heart. The thing is, when meanings appear in the heart, they are, uh, they are devoid of form, figure. They are pure meaning. We have difficulty comprehending this because it is something that the, the heart does, but our comprehension is based on two main faculties, which are the intellect and the imagination. So in order to process those meanings, um, if, if we have, if, if our heart is not really advanced and it's not really cultivated and can function on its own, um, if it is not, if it is not, um, if it has not moved above and beyond materiality or and and the uh, our uh, customs in engaging the world, right? Then we are dependent on these images and forms and uh, language. So when meanings come to the heart, they are pure meaning, but then they leave the heart. Right? And they enter imagination. When they enter imagination, they are they don't have any imagery. Right? It is the imagination that attaches imagery uh, to those naked meanings. So the Ustad Nusi is using a um, 
simile here, a metaphor here, and he is saying that he's uh, he is thinking of meanings as say a person who is putting on clothes, right? So the meaning comes out of the heart and goes into imagination, and there imagination attaches meanings to it as though it is clothing it in a certain outfit. As for imagination, so now we need to, to understand the nature of imagination. It always weaves some types of imagery under the influence of this or that cause. So imagination it works non-stop as long as you have your uh, consciousness or sometimes it might get involved in dreams too. As long as you have your consciousness, however, imagination is working. There is always some imagery in your faculty of, of imagination. Uh, these may be random images. These may be images related to the things that you see. And the random images are also products of the images that you see. Therefore, we need to be very careful about what we record there and what we keep on the more accessible shelves of our imagination. Because, you know, it constantly weaves some types of image imagery in the sense that if you either have these images ready and brings them out or he combines them he mixes them up he, he weaves them uh, as in how human beings have come up with the idea of a unicorn right um, what is it a horse with a, a horn right now how did we come up with this idea well we saw the horse in the world out there and we saw a horn in the world out there and in, in our imagination we put them together and came up with the idea of a unicorn Right? So the imagination is always weaving some types of imagery. It is always occupied with some image. It leaves on the way the images of things to which it gives importance. Now, there are things that are more vivid in our imagination. There are things that have a stronger impress on our imagination. There are things that we keep on the more accessible, let's say, you know, eye level uh, shelves. And there are things that are at the bottom shelf that we rarely reach out to and take out. There are, or if you think of it as a cabinet, there are, uh, you know, cabinet uh, sections, drawers uh, that have uh, doors or drawers that are, uh, you know, in the cabinet that need to be pulled out, right? So what is pulled out? Which door is open? Which shelf we place things on is very important, right? Uh, so there is some level of evolution in there that but even if even when um, we consciously try to keep our imagination clean there are certain things that we cannot avoid as human beings and especially in this day and age where imagery right pictures and motion pictures moving and still pictures are everywhere surrounding us or when we go out in the street it is very likely to be exposed to the things that we would not want to be exposed to in order to keep our imagination clean, right? So in, especially in an environment like this, the way that we live in this modern day and age, um, without our evolution, the imagination will pick up certain things. Even in the past, even in, in or in places where you don't have to worry about this level of contamination of imagery, right? The imagination will uh, involuntarily pick up certain things that may not be um, suitable suitable for meanings that we associate with holy sacred uh, matters, right? But regardless. The, the, what we are trying to understand at this point is that the imagination leaves on the way the images of things to which it gives importance. Whatever meaning passes through it. Now, the imagination is there filled with images. Sometimes it's very crowded too. right? Like, think of it as a room filled with outfits and uh, one has to enter from one end and exit from the other end. And you don't have a choice. You have to put on one of the clothes that are in the room, right? They are going to dress you up in one of the outfits and then you will exit from the other end. And sometimes you don't have a choice which outfit uh, you, you know, comes on your way first. Whatever meaning passes through it, it either clothes it, attaches to it, taints it, or veils it. So 
it either clothes that meaning in one of the uh, images it has or it attaches that meaning to it right or it may even be not an outfit but something that's more uh, contaminant and taints it or it may completely veil it that that image may that image may completely veil the meaning if the meanings are pure and clean yet the images are polluted and despicable so what happens then right a beautiful meaning came to your heart you are in the prayer you said subhanallah right your heart is saying subhanallah glory be to god but then right this meaning is going to exit the heart and go through the imagination and the image there that happens to be there at that moment is polluted and despicable now in this case there is contact but no clothing right so maybe i should fix the uh the example i use you enter the room you don't have to put something on but you have to touch every touch something right you cannot go through it without touching something right so there is contact but no clothing the person with obsessive thoughts confuses contact with clothing and says woe to me how corrupted has my heart become this lowliness and violence will make me expelled expelled from you know god's presence uh, the way uh, adam salam was and eve salam were uh, expelled from heaven or Satan was expelled from the presence of God. And of course, Adam salam and Hawa alayha, alayha uh, the Tawbah repented. And uh, the, the, we, we now as their children have the promise that if we do good deeds and if we you know, go back to God with a sound heart, we will enter his presence again. We will enter Jannah, the heaven paradise again. But Satan is, nope, cast out for good, right? So regardless the person his heart is beautiful pure and pure beautiful meaning comes to the heart it has to go through imagery as it goes through imagery it touches upon dirty vile images right but remember we said we need to understand the quiddity of obsessive thoughts we need to understand how it works right so how it works is that in this case the meaning is clean the image is dirty there is contact but no clothing however if the person does not recognize what this actually is about he or she may think that this was clothing the meaning he, the meaning is now uh, all wrapped up in dirty imagery right and panics and says woe to me how corrupted has my heart become this loneliness and violence will make me expelled. And Satan takes advantage of this vein of his, that this person's, a lot. Right? So this is one of the ways Satan um, entraps us and misleads us. So we want to understand that there is contact but not clothing. And as long as there is no clothing, we are fine. We should not panic and think that wow this is clothing and give an opportunity to satan to get to us so what is the solution şu yaranın merhemi şudur dinle ebi çare nasıl ki senin namazın edebi nezihanesinin vesilesi olan zahiri taharete batnının batınındaki necaset ona tesir etmez ve bozmaz öyle de Maani-i mukaddesenin sureti mülevveseye mücavereti zarar etmez. Mesela sen ayat-ı ilahiyeyi tefekkür ediyorsun. Birden bir maraz ya bir iştiha ya bevl gibi bir emri müheyyic şiddetle senin hissine dokunuyor. Elbette senin hayalin devai illet ve kazai hacetin levazimatını görecek. Bakacak onlara münasip süfli suretleri nesçedecek ve gelen manalar ortalarından geçecekler. Geçeceklere ne beis vardır, ne tellevüs var ve ne zarar var ve ne hatar var. Yalnız hatar ise hasrı nazardır, zannı zarardır. The salve for this wound is this. Listen, 
oh, the helpless one. Now, the person who, um, if, if Satan gets to the, the, the person, if the person opens the door and Satan comes in or picks up the phone and Satan starts to talk with the person, one may feel very helpless. One may feel like, oh, I will, I, my heart is so dirty, I will never get there. Right? So my, one may feel helpless. But this is a misconception, misunderstanding. Right? In the way that the filth in your abdomen does not affect and ruin the external purity, that is the means for the pure etiquette of your prayer. Likewise, the proximity of sacred meanings to polluted images does not cause harm. I mean, isn't that the case? We always have some impurity in our bodies. But as long as we clean the, the outside of our body, we are in a state of material and ritual. And if we clean the outside of our body and also take ablution or ghusl, uh, right? Take a shower or take ablution. We are in a state of both external uh, material and ritual purity. And that's a requirement of prayer. We want to be, we need to be in a state of purity in order to pray uh, or say, recite the Quran uh, from the Mus'haf, from, the, uh, from a you know, book. Right? We need that purity. And whether there is impurity inside our bodies, like in, uh, you know, in some legal schools, in some madhahib, uh, blood is impure, right? Now, if blood is impure, Blood is coursing through our entire body. Does that mean that we are impure? We cannot pray, right? No, we can pray because blood is impure if it is outside the body. If it's inside the body, that, that's no problem, right? So similar to this, the proximity of sacred meanings to polluted images does not cause harm, right? We said the meaning has to go through that room of images and it will touch things, right? There is contact. There is proximity, but the proximity of sacred meanings to polluted images does not cause harm. For example, say you are contemplating divine verses. You are reciting the Quran, contemplating over it. Suddenly, arousing sensations such as an illness. You need to, uh, you, you have nausea, for instance, such as an illness, an appetite or the need to pass water, like these natural states of being human, triggers your senses. Of course, your imagination will see whatever is required to remedy the affliction or answer the need. This is a necessity. And this is something good. We have a need and our imagination shows us the way. You are so hungry and you are having these, you know, hunger pains. There are these pangs in your stomach and it's preventing you from being able to concentrate on what you are reciting. So your imagination starts to imagine the refrigerator and say, I don't know, the bread and cheese in the refrigerator. And you go, you stop, you go to the refrigerator, pull out the bread and cheese, eat it. And now you are satiated. You go back to your um, contemplation and recitation or prayer or whatever it is that, that that's good that you were doing. Right. So this is a good thing. Your imagination shows you, helps you recognize what you need to do next in order to uh, fulfill your needs. Of course, your imagination will see whatever is required to remedy the affliction or answer the need. It will look and weave the lowly images that suit them. And the meanings that come, so now that, but there are also these pure, beautiful, sublime meanings that are coming to the heart. You are contemplating the Quran after all. But the meanings that, and the meanings that come will pass between those images. So just, just calm down. There is no trouble nor pollution, nor harm, nor danger for what passes through. So those meanings will pass through there. There is contact, but no contamination, right? Will pass through there and come on the other end as pure, right? What do we mean by pure? That 
their uh, sanctity is preserved. It is acceptable before God. I mean, if they are pure and other intentions and so on and so forth are not mixed in, right? We are not saying God, God will accept them. That's a different question, but it is acceptable before God. It is acceptable for you to go before God, right? You can go before God with them. The meanings that come will pass between them. There is no trouble, no, nor pollution, nor harm, nor danger for what, what passes through. The only danger is in paying attention and presuming harm. Right? The harm is in presuming harm. If you don't pay attention, if you don't presume harm, if you just let them be, it's a it's an aspect of your natural existence in this world. If you just let them be, it will be fine. You will be fine. Right? So recognize the quiddity of this situation. The meaning is pure, the images may be dirty and vile and so on and so forth, but the meaning will get through there, there's contact, there is no contamination. Third aspect. Budur ki, eşya mabeynlerinde bazı münasebatı hafiye bulunur. Hatta hiç ümid etmediğin şeyler içinde münasebet ipleri bulunur. Ya bizzat bulunur veya senin hayalin meşgul olduğu sanata göre o ipleri yapmış. Onları birbiriyle bağlamış. Şu sırrı münasebettendir ki bazen bir mukaddes şeyi görmek bir mülevves şeyi hatıra getirir. Fendi beyanda beyan olduğu gibi hariçte uzaklık sebebi olan zıddiyet ise hayalde sebebi kurbiyettir. Yani iki zıddın suretlerinin cem'ine vasıta bir münasebeti hayaliyedir. Bu münasebetle gelen tahattura te tedai efkar tabir edilir. Mesela sen namazda, münacatta, Kabe karşısında, huzur-u ilahideyken ayat-ı tefekkürde okuduğun, olduğun bir halde şu tedai efkar seni tutup en uzak malayaniyatı rezileye sevk eder. It is this, that is the third aspect, is this. That there are some hidden relations between things. Threads of relations exist even among completely unexpected things. It either exists in and of itself or your imagination has made those threads in accordance with the art with which it is preoccupied and it has tied them together. It is due to the secret of this relationship that sometimes seeing a sacred thing calls to mind a dirty thing. As it is explained in the science of eloquence, the opposition that is, the, that is a cause for distance in the external world is a cause for closeness in the imagination. That is, the means for bringing together the forms of two opposites is an imaginary relationship. The thoughts that come through this relationship are called association of ideas. For instance, while you are engaged in a colloquy or performing a prayer in divine presence in front of the Kaaba, this association of ideas takes hold of and drives you to the furthest meaningless, vile things. So again, we want to understand the quiddity of obsessive thoughts. And obsessive thoughts are uh, thoughts or meanings that come to the heart and then go into imagination, right? And now we want to understand how imagination works. Uh, to some extent, the intellect may also come into the uh, picture here. <coughs> it is this that there are some hidden relations between things. So there are hidden connections, relations between things out there in the world, between the tree and the moon, the ant and the fish, uh, the sea and the sun, and so on and so forth. Threads of relations exist even among completely unexpected things. Right? So the ant and the meteorite somewhere out there in the space. Asteroid somewhere in the space. <coughs> now, these relations either exist in and of themselves 
right? So there's a relationship between the tree and the sun, for instance. The tree uh, receives light from the sun and photosynthesizes that and turns into cells and so on and so forth. There is this you know, relationship. It is hidden. We don't see it directly, but it exists. Uh, we can observe it in in other ways than just looking. It either exists, that relationship either exists in and of itself, or the alternative to this is your imagination has made those threads in accordance with the art with which it is preoccupied and tied them together. So alternatively, our imagination makes these connections. Uh, for a... Uh, you know, for a, uh, an urbanite, a city dwelling person who has never been, never been involved in agriculture and so on and so forth, cultivation, right? You can take this person out in the, uh, in the plains and he can look and enjoy himself and perhaps see some flowers, pick up, pick up some flowers and look at the sky, you know, overall enjoyment, very, very good, fine. He will or she will associate what he sees or she sees with perhaps with with beauty perhaps with cleanliness perhaps with expanse whatever then take a farmer to the same plains empty plains the farmer will now start to see plots fields uh, here we will have corn there we will have the beans there we are going to have a vegetable garden over there it's a nice spot for uh, planting some fruit trees and having an orchard <clears throat> so the art that this farmer is preoccupied his mind his imagination is preoccupied right sees fields and plots and vegetables and so on and so forth right so is there a relationship between um, orchard and the plains there may be, right? But it's not obvious for everybody to see. It is, right now, this, this association is made in the imagination of the farmer. It is due to the secret of this relationship. So the relationship between things that is either uh, extant, that either exists in the external world, outside the mind, experimental uh, world, or the imagination weaves those connections and they exist in the imagination. It is due to the secret of this relationship that sometimes seeing a sacred thing calls to mind a dirty thing. Sometimes seeing a sacred thing calls to mind a dirty thing. As it's explained in the Science of Eloquence, the opposition that is a cause for distance in the external world is a cause for closeness in the imagination. So if I say, if you play this game as like, I say something and you tell me the, the first word that comes to your mind, if I say hot, you say cold. If I say white, you say black, right? If I say uh, high, you say low, so on and so forth. That is, the means for bringing together the forms of two opposites is an imaginary relationship. So what is the relationship between hot and cold? Right? They are opposites. They are distant, as distant can be. The, what's the relationship between east and west? Right? They are the furthest, furthest points from one another around the earth. But in the imagination, they are close. They are tied together. There are these ready-made connections in the imagination that work automatically. The thoughts that come through this relationship are called association of ideas, tedaiyevgar in Turkish. Association of ideas. So there is an association between these ideas. For instance, while you are engaged in a colloquy or performing a prayer in divine presence in front of the Kaaba, so like, how, you know, how much better can it can it get, right? Like, in front of the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam, maybe, right? But you're in front of the Kaaba, your spirit is elevated, your heart is filled with nice, beautiful thoughts. You are uh, supplicating to your Lord. You are talking with God. 
this association of ideas takes hold of and drives you to the furthest meaningless vile things it is possible they are not coming to your mind because you associate closeness between those wild things and the the the, the sacred uh things that you are experiencing and seeing and, and and thinking about there right no it is because they are so far it is the farness that becomes the means of association in your mind senin başın böyle bir tedai efkara müptela ise sakın telaş etme Belki intibaha geldiğin anda dön, aman ne kusur ettim deyip tetkikle meşgul olup durma, ta o zayıf münasebet senin dikkatinle kuvvet peyda etmesin. Zira teessür gösterdikçe, ehemmiyet verdikçe, senin o zayıf tahattürün melekeye döner, bir marazı hayali olur. Korkma, marazı kalbi değil. Şu nevi tahattür ise galiben ihtiyarsızdır, Hususan hassas asabilerde daha galiptir. Şeytan şu nevi vesvesenin madenini çok işlettirir. If your head is afflicted with such an association of ideas, beware, do not panic. Right, this is rule number one to do this. Like, do not panic. Instead, return to the moment when you became aware of the situation. Do not keep occupying yourself with the analysis of the matter, saying, oh my, why did I do wrong? So that that weak relationship does not gain power as a result of your attention. For as you show distress and pay attention, your thoughts turn into a permanent faculty and become a disease of the imagination. Do not be afraid. This is not a disease of the heart. Such thoughts are predominantly without volution. It is more dominant, especially in sensitive and nervous people. Let's try to uh, understand a bit better. If your head is afflicted with such an association of ideas, and you are in the presence of God, in the most sacred thing you can imagine, and because of its farness from this, because of its opposition to this, something comes to your mind. So when that happens, be careful, right? The first thing is do not panic. Instead, return to the moment when you became aware of this situation, i.e. turn away from it. Turn away uh, from it. The same idea, do not pick up the phone. Do not pay attention to it. Do not busy yourself with it. Do not try to analyze it. Do not try to uh, destroy it. Even do not try to destroy it. Do, do not occupy yourself with it. Turn away from it. Turn to the moment when it came to you. So turn to where you did not have it yet. Do not keep occupying yourself with the analysis of the matter. Saying, oh my, what did I do wrong? If you, if, if you do that, you are in trouble, right? So to, to not be in trouble for that weak relationship, not to gain power as a result of your attention, right? Don't analyze it. Don't say, oh my, what did I do? You didn't do anything wrong. You didn't do this. It is happening to you. It is happening in your imagination. But you didn't do this intentionally. Now, there are things that you can do in order to uh, reduce the frequency of things happening like this. And that is about cleaning keeping your imagination and heart clean and so on and so forth, right? But as we said, because we are human, these associations um, evolve and, and, and sometimes settle in our imagination, right? So you didn't do it. It is happening in your mind. It is happening to you. If you pay attention to it, if you try to even destroy it, it will become stronger. For As you show distress and pay attention, your thoughts turn into a permanent faculty and become a disease of the imagination. So there is this danger that it may become a disease of the imagination. I tell you hot, you think cold. I tell you, do not think cold when I say hot. 
And then you start each time I say hot, you say, okay, I'm not going to think about cold now. I'm not going to think about cold now. What happened? You are thinking about cold. And the more you do this, the more this will become established in your mind. It will become a pattern. It will become a habit. It will turn into a habit. It will become a faculty. Uh, it will become a permanent habit of your faculty of imagination. So when I say hot, think about uh, hot springs. Think about a beautiful summer uh, day. Uh, you know, th th think about the, uh, the 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 fire on the stove on which you are boiling your your uh, water for your tea. Right? Don't try to not think cold, but do something positive. Cultivate what is positive. Right? As you show distress and pay attention, your thoughts turn into a permanent faculty and become a disease of the imagination. So if it is at this point, if it became a disease of the imagination, you are still fine. If you harp on this, if you try to destroy this in the imagination, you will still be occupying yourself with it, right? And then it may, may God protect, it may start to hurt your heart too. But at this point, it is a disease of the imagination. Do not be afraid. This is not a disease of the heart. Such thoughts are predominantly without volition. It is more dominant, especially in sensitive and nervous people. So this might be a character issue. This might be a temperament issue, right? What's the solution? What's the solution? Do not pay attention. Şu yaranın merhemi şudur ki, tedai efkar galiben ihtiyarsızdır. Onda mesuliyet yoktur. Hem tedaide mücaveret var. Temas ve ihtilat yoktur. Onun için efkarın keyfiyetleri birbirine sirayet etmez, birbirine zarar vermez. Nasıl ki şeytan ile melek ilham kalp taraflarında mücaveretleri var ve füccar ve ebrarın karabetleri ve bir meskende durmaları zarar vermez. Öyle de tedai efkar saikasıyla istemediğin pis hayalat gelip nezih efkarın içine girse zarar vermez. Meğer kasten olsa veya zarar zannıyla onunla ziyade meşgul olsa. Hem bazen kalp yoruluyor. Fikir kendini eğlendirmek için rastgele bir şeyle meşgul olur. Şeytan fırsat bulur, pis şeyleri önüne seriyor, serpiyor, sürüyor. The solve for this wound is the following. So the solution for this wound is the following. We said don't pay attention, but we need to understand how it works so that we understand, we, we can figure out how not to pay attention, how to divert our attention elsewhere. As uh, with all these aspects, we want to recognize, we want to understand the quiddity of this whole thing. The solve for this wound is the following. The association of ideas are predominantly not volitional. There is no accountability in this. So it's not, as we said, you are not doing it, right? It's happening to you, it's happening in your mind. You are not doing it intentionally. There is no accountability in this. Actions are according to intentions. You don't have the intention, you don't have the responsibility. Moreover, in association, there is neighborhood. In association, there is neighborhood, not contact or blending. Therefore, the qualities of ideas do not pass on to one another. As Satan and the angel of inspiration are neighbors around the heart, and as the proximity of open sinners and the devout, or their being in the same location does not cause harm, likewise, if dirty imaginations that you do not want come and enter among clean ideas at the prompting of the association of ideas, this does no harm, unless it is intentional or one occupies himself too much with them by presuming them to be harmful. Also, sometimes the heart gets tired. The mind occupies itself with a random thing in order to entertain itself. Satan finds an opportunity in this. It scatters dirty things in front of it and goads them to it. Okay. The association of ideas are predominantly not volitional, not predominantly not volitional, right? You can, you can volitionally, intentionally associate ideas in your mind, 
right? But here we are talking about a person who's who has like pure meanings in his heart, and those pure meanings, because of the farness, the distance, the up, uh, the opposition of some other meaning, bring to the mind, the imagination, some other meaning. So we are not talking about a person who is who has bad intentions, who is intentionally and volitionally trying to do vile things. We are talking about a person who is, who is trying to do good good things, but then these things happen, Satan is setting up traps in, on his way. So the association of ideas are predominantly not volitional, and if it is not volitional, or if it is of this type that is not volitional, there is no accountability in this. Moreover, in association there is neighborhood, not contact or blending. Now, in the previous aspect, when good meanings come to the heart and they have to go through imagination, we said there is contact, not clothing. Right? Here it is even further. In association, that is Tadai Fka, in the association of these ideas, there is neighborhood, not contact or blending. There is not even contact. Therefore, the qualities of ideas do not pass on to one another. Right? The, the idea number one is a sacred idea. It's a holy idea. It is an idea that will please God. Idea number two, that's its opposite, is a vile idea that's going to anger God. Right? So one has the quality of uh, being sacred. The other has the quality of being vile. And they are in proximity. But the sacredness of one does not uh, go on to, the, 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 to the, the other. And the vileness of one does not go on to the other. They do not pass on to one another. As Satan and the angel of inspiration are neighbors around the heart, we, we said this, like there's Lumei Shaitanya, there's Lumei Malekia. There is a, a fellow traveler of, for Satan, there is this connection, the receiver in around the heart uh, that gives uh, Satan access to the heart. And there is this uh, fellow traveler that is angelic. There is this angelic uh, receiver in the heart that receives uh, information that receives thoughts from angels and these are both traveling with the heart they are both the companions of the heart right both fellow travelers to the heart so as satan and the angel of inspiration are neighbors around the heart they both come and they both communicate and as the proximity of open sinners and the devout or being in, or they are being in the same location does not cause harm say you're at the airport you're at the airport, and there is this, uh, mashallah, saint of God walking in the, uh, in the in the corridor, and there is this you know, open sinner, the vile person, also walking in the corridor. They are walking next to each other, one in front of the other. They are walking together in the same location. They are in the same location. They are say, sharing the same location, right? It's okay. The, the vileness of one does not pass on to the uh, the holiness of the other. Now, this is as long as, as we said, this is not volitional, right? If the, uh, the holy person or the good person goes to the vile person and associates with the vile person uh, without having the necessary protections, right? Not to go and help that person or if he goes there and wants to help that person but does not have the means to do, is not he himself is not protected enough, right? So there is danger in that. That's, that's not what we are talking about. We are talking about two individuals randomly occupying the same space, same space as though they're in a, a bus station or an airport, uh, or they you know walk into the same store to do grocery shopping. Right? That's what we are talking about. Likewise, like this, if dirty imaginations that you do not want come and enter among clean ideas at the prompting of the association of ideas, because of these associations, these threads that exist between things, this does no harm. Now, there's a caveat here. It does no harm, but if it is intentional, right? If you are intentionally weaving those threads that's a different question, right? Or, now that's a different question, and that's clear. I mean, everybody will uh, recognize that, right? But the more subtle and perhaps even more dangerous uh, one is, 
or if one occupies himself too much with them by presuming them to be harmful. Remember, the harm is in the presumption of harm. If you presume it to be harmful and start to occupy yourself with it, dig into it, then now you are bringing harm on yourself. Also, sometimes the heart gets tired. The mind occupies itself or the ideas occupy themselves with a random thing in order to entertain itself. Right? Random things come to the mind, the, the, the ideas. The heart gets tired, heart loses control a little bit. Right? You may want to be doing salawat all day. You may want to be remembering God all day. But sometimes the heart gets tired, especially if it, it doesn't have, uh, you know, it's not in good condition. The way we condition our, our muscles and, you know, an athlete, an athlete who is used to exercising four hours every day may not get tired after running one hour. And, you know, a uh, couch potato or, you know, somebody who is not used to exercising may start panting after five minutes of running. So if, especially if the heart is not conditioned well, it, it gets tired. Now, all hearts get tired, right? All hearts get tired. Um, all hearts of the like ordinary people like myself uh, get tired. And this happens. So when this happens, the mind occupies itself with a random thing. Again, not volitional, random, in order to entertain itself. Now, when that happens, Satan finds an opportunity in this. It scatters dirty things in front of it and goads them to it. So it starts to go dirty ideas toward the, uh, toward the mind, toward the, uh, the, the ideas. But again, again, recognize this is a random thought that's happening to you. You are not doing it intentionally. If you are not doing it intentionally, you are not accountable. The one thing that you may do intentionally uh, without the intention of doing something vile, right? One thing you may do intentionally while you are while you think that you are doing something good is occupying yourself with it. And if you occupy yourself with it, you'll be paying attention to it, and this will open a doorway for Satan to put put his you know foot in, and then put his leg in, and then enter and get you. So once again, the um, umbrella solution is. Do not pay attention. Do not pick up the phone. Okay, I guess we are going to stop here uh, and continue with the fourth aspect in the next episode. May God protect us from these obsessive thoughts and may we have the um, um, intelligence and tactfulness uh, skill to recognize and avert them without Satan gets to us. Subhanaka la ilma lana illa ma allamtana innaka anta al-alimul hakim wa akhir da'wahu man alhamdulillahi rabbil alameen al-fatiha.